All right, everybody, welcome to the Wallaway. I'm here with the great coach, Javier Mendez. Coach Javier, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, coach. And I know uh, I want to keep this interview short and sweet, so I'm going to go straight to it. Uh, but you mentioned something on a phone call we had the other day that was very profound to me that I want to kind of pick your brain about. And we were basically talking about the different fighters that you train and the type of personas and personalities that can come into the gym and you were re referencing someone who was promising you essentially that they were going to be your next big thing, your next world champion. And you said in a, in a way that you didn't really care about them just being a champion in the ring. Could you kind of elaborate on that? Well, uh, the, the reason why I say that is because uh, what I like to do is enjoy my job. And, and if someone is just fixated on on being solely just a, a world champion but not being a good person in the process, then for me it's not an, enjoy, an enjoyable journey. You know, I'm going to be doing something that I'm not going to enjoy. Uh, and on top of that, it teaches bad uh, behavior patterns that could be hard to, you know, to bring back once the person has become a star it's almost kind of difficult to to get them to be humble because you let them get away with so much from the get-go so i always believe in, in, in trying to teach the right morals first so if a person's looking for me to be a good person first and then seeing doing the best he can do then i then i like that but if it's the number one focus is i don't care about anything other than being a world champion then i, I i'm not as i'm not as interested what so tell me a little bit about maybe your, your own history you're you know you're a former world champion you know you've trained um if i'm correct you've trained Cam ken shamrock for a while you're you know you're training daniel cormier khabib kane you have a lot of current champions uh, upcoming champions but being a former champion and this being a one-on-one -on -one sport mixed martial arts my assumption is that that as, as men, you know, a lot of ego does go into this because now we're competing, we want to be the best. But how do you transition from being amongst the best to saying now that I'm done, I'm retired, I want to train others, but I don't want to just train them to be champions. I want them to be champions on and off the court. So I, I ask that question because I find it strange in a good way where it seems like most coaches are not really too concerned with off the court antics and off the mat antics. So why why are you concerned with that? What happened maybe in your past or what made you concerned with that? Well, you know, like I touched on it earlier, it's the comfort level, you know. Um, you know, if, if, if they're always looking to be a good person in the process of pursuing, uh, you know, a championship quality, uh, you know, uh, fighting and, you know, attaining a, a world title and becoming famous, it humbles you more than as a coach, you know, and fans and people in general respect that person that much more because he's kept himself rooted properly rather than uh, felt he was entitled. You know, some, sometimes, you know, not all the time, but sometimes some fighters, they gain a certain status that they feel entitled that they can run crazy. And um, I don't think I've had that yet with any of my guys where, you know, if they want a title where they feel like they're entitled. You know, they, they, they hold themselves up high. They go and do what they can. And, and uh, you know, Habib in particular is, is using his uh, celebrity status to try to help, 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 help as many people as he can in the process of fighting. And um, I think today he got 
he got asked to be part of the Dagestan um, the person that runs, the, the, I don't know who it was, but it was on, it was on one of the, the sites about how they joined somebody uh, in, in Dagestan, was mm. their, their leader, you know, outside of Putin. Uh, that's right here. Uh, he offered a position in the Dagestan government. Wow. The head, the head, yeah, so offered a position as assistant, his uh, uh, position as assistant to the head of Dagestan. So, so Habib's using it for the right reasons. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, how his father raised him, morals and, and, and uh, the respect, the humbleness. And, you know, it all combined, you know, in the belief in his religion, you know, and uh, all those things, uh, his country, religion, and family are, are the things that, you know, molded Habib and why he's in a position to actually help people. How happy does it make you as as a coach and as Habib has described you like a, like a brother, like a father, like an uncle? How happy does it make you to not only get guys who come in who are already molded the right way, but then when they do get success, like him, like especially Daniel Cormier, who I'm another big fan of because you know these guys seem like they represent themselves like true men, like true gentlemen, they're family men. So how happy does it make you as a coach to see them continuing that legacy even after success? Well, you know, it brings a lot of joy when I talk about him because I brag. I brag about Daniel, about how generous he is and how kind of a person, how much he he takes care of the team. And I brag about Habib. Yeah, I'm, obviously I'm proud. I mean, what does a proud father do, right? Or a proud coach or proud trainer, you know? They brag about their, their, their star pupils. So, yes, I brag about Habib. I brag about, you know, DC. I brag about Kane. I brag about Luke Rockhold, you know, and up-and-coming people, you know? We always... You know, you're always you're always in that position where you feel proud of what you accomplished because if you don't feel proud of what you accomplished, then keep trying then because you, you have to feel good about what you're doing and you have to attain some form of comfort in something. Otherwise, why do you do it? Mm. I'm happy you brought up uh, Luke Rockhold because I was listening to an interview you did earlier with, um, I believe it's the guys out of AKA Thailand. And yeah. you were mentioning how the, the thing that impressed me was, you know, it seems like you consider a lot of these guys like your family and Luke Rockhold, because he has a better situation. He trains from time to time at another gym. But you were basically saying how that does not offend you and you're happy for him because it's it's easier for him. But, you know, your door is always kind of open. But, my you know, my question, yeah. my question. Yeah. Is, yeah. So can you elaborate on that? Well, it's like uh, the way I look at it is is that we can't be so selfish to think that everybody has a better scenario in your gym and you can provide all the best qualities for them because that fighter may not particularly feel that at that particular time. So why are you forcing your system on them? You don't have a right to force yourself on anybody, you know, and you have a right to voice your opinion, but to force yourself on them and then to turn your back on them because they decided that something else is better suited for them, that's wrong, you know, and, you know, who am I to, to get mad at Luke for anything he's done? He's been straight up about everything from the get-go. He never did nothing behind uh, my back or Crazy Bob's back. He told us straight up what he was going to do, you know, and uh, why wouldn't we respect that, you know? Uh, we all Anybody should, by all means, respect that and never get upset when the fighter goes somewhere else. If your family, your family. If your acquaintances, you know, then not really meant much there, then okay, then do what you want. But, but I have a tendency to want to be closer to my guys than, than distant. 
Can you elaborate on one thing? So you said Luke was straight up about it. So and one of the things in leadership, um, leadership philosophy and in leadership training is they always talk about the importance of transparent communication and being very direct with your speech. And that's something that I talk about a lot on my podcast. So uh, in AKA in the gym with the guys, how would you describe the communication? How, how would you describe uh, the ability for individuals to express how they feel? Do people feel free to, to express themselves? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I, I speak that all the time, that everybody has a voice, everybody's opinion counts. And I just recently had, I made a speech on Monday, and my speech hurt one of the fighters. Uh, he misunderstood, so he contacted me right away. You know, you know how you said this, and then I, you know, basically said I went and did the opposite, and I hurt his feelings, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, I fixed it, and, and he was he was not correct in what I was saying. But the fact that if he would have held it in and never said nothing to me, he could have left the gym, uh, infected uh, his thoughts on other fighters on their opinions, you know. And uh, rather than do that, he came directly to me. You know, and we ironed it out quick. It's done, and and that's what it's about. We're, we're never going to be perfect, but if we don't try to resolve solutions uh, in situations, I mean, I'm sorry, if we don't try to resolve situations. There's no solutions. You know, so you always, uh, you know, I made mistakes where where you know I wasn't looking to resolve things. I was creating more. You know, and, uh, and I, I've always strive to better myself as a as a person and a coach and you know and I'm always learning I'm always going to make mistakes but I, hopefully I make less and less as time goes on you know you mentioned something again which is pretty amazing coach I, I, I did a series called the five dysfunctions of a team and we cover the the why teams become dysfunctional and one reason is uh, lack of trust and when there's a lack of trust there's a fear of conflict and you basically just uh, gave an example of how your fighter was able to tell you how he felt, I'm assuming because he trusts you. So I, I, I'm not going to take much of your time because I know your time is valuable. But what do you say to, uh, the, uh, to the youth out there, to the young people um, who are looking for something to kind of discipline them, who are looking for something to get into? What, what outlet do you think uh, joining a gym like AKA can offer them? Well, I mean, it's all up to the individual. You know, AK can offer you what you want. You know, if you want to be a bad person, you want to learn to fight, and you'll get that here. But is that the right way to be? No. If you want to be, you know, a good person and learn to protect yourself, you get that here too. So each individual has a choice on what they want to be. You want to be good or bad, but we don't preach bad. You know, you preach good. I mean, obviously, nothing makes sense to be bad. You know, so it, everybody knows what good is and what bad is. Everybody knows what right is and what wrong is, you know. And if you make the right choices all the time, then there's there's nothing but positive feedback the majority of the time. And you said something on our phone call the other day, and you also said something in the interview that I listened to today that, um, you know, you don't, ha you don't hold on to personal grudges. You don't... It seems like you're a person who doesn't look for the bad in people, and even in referencing... You know, the incident that happened between Habib and Connor, which we won't go into, but something that struck me that you said was, you know, you don't think Connor is a bad guy. And then when you were interviewed by AKA Thailand, you were basically telling them a story of how you kind of got into it once uh, w with someone in the fight game. And then some months down the line, that person actually saved, you know, saved your back, saved your skin 
by basically giving you a shirt for a sponsor or something. So what about yeah. holding yeah. on to grudges? What, like to the people who listen, a lot of people hold on to grudges. People hold on to a lot of hatred in their heart. What do you say about that? Well, what I say is try try to get them out from living rent free in your in your in your head because we all struggle with that. We all I've struggled with it myself, and and the the best relief is when you can get somebody out of your mind. You know, they're basically occupying your your mind for free. You know, and you're not getting nothing out of it but anger. You know, and so if you got something like that where you got grudges with somebody, try to get them out of your head. In other words, look at it like like you know someone's in your in your head red free you know mm. get them out you know you don't need that it's the stress the stress of that it's not good i i know personally because you know it happens to me too and i work on on uh, you know eliminating the negativity you know and and uh it, it's tough at times but if you go through the process eventually you know be positive eventually the negative will go out you know if we all have them we all have them mm. it's just a matter of what would you choose to do? You choose to fester them or you first to eliminate them, you know? And my thing is, you know, I, I look to eliminate them, you know, and at times it festers for a while before you you finally get a grip on it and you get to, you know, eliminate them. So but my objective goal is always to eliminate the negativity, you know, eliminate the jealousy, eliminate all of that. And it's not easy, mm. but if you don't try, you'll never know if you can succeed. Coach, I promised a certain time limit, so thank you. I want to uh, thank you uh, and thank AKA, thank your family for helping set this up. And just, you know, personally, thank you for uh, being a role model, being a good leader. Uh, sometimes as, as, as young people, you know, we have a lot of negative role models to look up to. But from reading about you and listening to your interviews, it seems like, you know, you're a family person. You run your gym the right way. You've had success on and off the mat. So thank you for uh, inspiring a new generation of fighters to live the right way on and off the off the mat and we hope to have you back on the show again thanks thanks for having me we'll talk to you soon thank you coach okay bye-bye